whether there are some underlying feelings perhaps that are coming out symptomatizing in the sex or the lack of sex or the lack of willingness to to work on the issue together. That would be my gut feeling. This week, our listener Tanya wants help convincing her wife that sex once every three to four months is not enough. Dr. Karen Sherman puts together a game plan. Stay tuned. You don't need a special occasion to give your spouse flowers. In fact, it's probably more special to get them flowers just because. If you're still not inspired, how about if we can save you $10 on your flower purchase at bloomnation.com. Use the promo code GETHITCHED with BN. 10 at bloomnation.com, a marketplace that connects you with your local florist wherever you reside in the country. Again, use the promo code GETHITCHED with BN10 at bloomnation.com to save $10 when you want to surprise your spouse with flowers. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So Karen is joining us today with her 30-plus years of relationship magic. Don't be fading on you, Steve. (laughs) It's 30, right? It is 30, but if you say 30-plus, now it's going to sound like I'm Dr. Ruth and really old. (laughs) She barely cracked 30, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues. Uh, She joins us on this podcast darn near every week, although we do record every week. Um, And she has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Empowered Relationships. And today we actually are going to answer a reader question that we got uh, from Tanya, Karen. Um, And she – so I'm – not going to just read her entire email. I'm just going to kind of like break it up into parts and we'll just kind of address the issue of her email as questions. Um, And so uh, the, the topic in general is dealing with a selfish lover. Although I think it's more or less about meeting expectations Mm -hmm. in that aspect of their relationship. Um, uh, but you are the therapist, so you can shoot me down if I'm wrong on this one. Um, so I want to give a little bit of a background information on this. So uh, Tanya, and I'm assuming they are in a gay relationship. Uh, she says her wife, and by the way, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but the email address that it came from said Tanya. So I'm assuming when Tanya is talking about her wife that it is a gay relationship. So uh, if it's not, I totally apologize, um, but th- the the – topic on hand it doesn't really matter i don't think um and again karen you can correct me if i'm wrong on that one um so she says my wife and i have discussed our sexual relationship and it seems that my wife uh uses me Uh, at first i thought maybe she was just not that into sex and we would go three or four months without intimacy and then uh out of the blue she'll want um to have some sort of sexual interaction and she would delightfully oblige. Um, My first question to get this thing started, Karen, is if your spouse is uh, doing 
uh, what they're comfortable with, which in this case sounds like they're waiting three or four months before they want to engage in any activity, does that make them selfish? No, not necessarily. I think that you said exactly the right phrase. They're doing what they're comfortable with. Um, You know, I think that the part that's missing is um, that they're not having a discussion about it um, as far as, you know, what each of them, as you said in the opening, uh, what each of them expects, what each of them feels is the right time frame for them. Uh, obviously, Tanya's writing in and she's not comfortable with three to four months, um, and yet she's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, her expectation is obviously that she'd like to be physically intimate a little bit more often. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I have no idea what's really going on, but it sounds more like uh, the wife is functioning more out of what is her comfort level and not necessarily that she's being selfish. Okay. And I will say that in the letter, she did say that they've had, they have talked about this, but again, you know, it's hard to know what the conversations are like and what has been discussed. So, um, but there has been conversation about this. I want to throw that out there. Okay. Um, And so Tanya then goes on and says in her letter that uh, she, she, is not feeling loved and that she is starting to feel sad by her lack of connection with her spouse. Mm -hmm. And so I want to ask you how important is sex and intimacy? Um, And I realize that can be the same or two different things. How how important is that um, in connecting with your spouse? (laughs) You're going to love this because this is my standard answer. It depends. It depends on the couple. Uh, for some couples, it's going to be extremely important, uh, especially if part of the way that they know that they are loved, because we have different ways in which our, our, we know that we are loved, according to Gary Chapman's, um, you love know, languages. Yeah, love languages. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and so if the manner in which you know that you are loved is physicality, then sex is going to be very important. Um, and you know, if, if that is a very important aspect to you and it's missing, then obviously you're going to feel a strong, um, sense of disconnection. On the other hand, there are some couples who don't have a a long, a large sex drive. Um, and for them, it's not that important. And there are lots of ways that couples uh, can be intimate. Uh, now, I have to tell you that probably my belief is a less popular one than many therapists who feel that uh, if you're not having sex on a regular basis, then something's wrong with you. But I think, again, it depends on the couple. If both parties are okay with it, uh, then then it's okay for them. It has more to do with whether they are in agreement, whether their expectations match. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of ways of being intimate um, and merely the lack of sex does not preclude intimacy. Exactly. Yeah. You know, especially, wait, I want to say one more thing. Mm -hmm. You can have physicality um, vis-a-vis sex and it can still be an empty sex. And so you're not going to be connected merely by the physicality of the sex. Okay. That, no, that's a good point. Uh, I was going to add that we know there are studies out there that talk about um, the satisfaction of sex not being 
a lot of people like to quantify like how many times are you having sex or uh, those kind of things. But there is research out there that and, – and you were talking about this. It's it's the fulfillment of your sexual satisfaction. So if you're having it once a month and that's fine by you mm-hmm. um, and you and your spouse, again, this is both being satisfied, then you would – on you know check the box on the survey that says you're happy with your sex life right um exactly. and and if you check that box um sex is not when they ask you the importance of you know 25 issues in your marriage if you say that your sex life is satisfied and it's what how important is it it's not going to be that m- like a very big deal to you but if you aren't satisfied with your sex life it's going to be at the very top of that list Yes, so precisely. When, when you are dissatisfied with your sex life, it becomes a major issue in your marriage um, as opposed to when you're satisfied, whatever that may mean. Once exactly. A, once a week, a couple times a week, once a month, a couple times a year. Um, so it all depends. Um, okay, so the reader goes on in her letter and or listener, and she goes on to say that um, one of the things that they have discussed in their conversations is that she takes too long to orgasm. And so in response, Tanya has then offered suggestions to remedy this, such as different positions or different things, but she always gets denied. And so I want to ask you, Karen, what should the reader do if she is trying to offer these suggestions and her partner is unwilling to meet her anywhere in the middle or even attempt to remedy this situation when Tanya is clearly unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the situation? Well, I think it's got to go to a deeper level of conversation um, and and to start really talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I don't feel like I'm, that I'm mattering to you. Um, I don't feel that my needs are being heard. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why, um, if I'm expressing to you, uh, certain feelings I'm having, um, there doesn't seem to be any desire on your part to try to work with me. You know, are there certain feelings that you're having that are getting in the way of your, you know, attempting to work together on this as a partnership? So, now we're getting to whether there are some underlying feelings perhaps that are coming out symptomatizing in the sex or the lack of sex or the lack of willingness to to work on the issue together that would be my gut feeling that you know very often when couples come into me and say that they're having a sexual problem it's really not a sexual problem it's something else that is not being communicated or being dealt with, and that that really is what the problem is. And so that when they get to those issues, then the sexual issue um, doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So, uh, for example, if she's saying that it takes too long, it might be that she's already exhausted and doesn't want to put in the time. So addressing why she's exhausted might be a remedy to that. Well, it may be that, or it may be that, um, you or know, she's stressed and just not in the mood because of life stresses and stuff like it, that. It could be, or it could be that, you know, she may feel on the other end that, 
um, there are certain things going on for her that are not being addressed or not being recognized. And she's being used, you know, mm. and that we have to go at this for two hours before you finally reach orgasm. And and I'm feeling like, you know, all I am is a machine trying to, excuse me, but, you know, um, <clears throat> bring you to orgasm. I was, I was going to be a little bit more crass, but you know, <laughs> bring you to orgasm and you're not even aware of, you know, what's going on for me. The point is there's clearly a disconnect here. And I think it has to go deeper than, um, the, the, uh, surface level of the sexual behavior. Okay. And, you know, the, the listener uh, is now feeling manipulated, as you just mentioned, uh, and she's starting to feel resentful because she's throwing these suggestions out there and they're not being remedied, um, and she just does not know what to do. So it, it sounds like they've tried to have conversations. Like what can like what kind of suggestion would you have? Do they need to see some sort of professional to help guide them in their conversations because their standalone ones aren't working? What do you think they should do? Well, I think before they necessarily go to a therapist, they she can try again one more time, but try to approach the discussion and rather than. Um, my needs aren't being met or, you know, why won't you do this for me? Say, you know, let me try to understand what's going on for you. You you know, um, is there something I'm missing? Um, You know, obviously, you know, I see that um, we don't have sex very often. Um, Clearly, though, you do want to have sex because, you know, eventually we do have it. Um, And but then, you know, it doesn't seem as if you're very interested in reciprocating. But I wonder if maybe there's something that I'm doing that's offensive to you or upsetting you. In other words, try to put herself in the in partner's shoes. Take it from that perspective. Offer it up that way, because maybe there really is something bothering the partner. Mm -hmm. And if at that point she says, no, no. I'm fine. It's nothing, blah, blah, you know, and, and denies it. Then maybe they have to go talk to a therapist. But it may be that there are certain issues that the partner has that she has not felt comfortable discussing. And if Tanya brings it up in a manner that says, look, I'm interested in hearing, is there an issue for you? She might be more open to discussing it. Okay. But it's quite understandable that she, that Tanya would feel frustrated and would feel resentful. And this is not going to get any better unless it is approached in a different way. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, one of the reasons that I I mentioned at the very top that I felt like this was a, a, a conversation about expectations as opposed to some sort of sex specific question is because she has attempted, uh, to offer remedies and they've been shot down without any attempt. So it's not like somebody could come on to this podcast and say, well, try this position or try that because it sounds like Tanya's already made those attempts and they've been shot down. So is that why we're assuming that there's something else going on here? Yes. Uh, The other thing is that um, we don't know how Tanya approached her. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if it was, 
you know, with a bad tone or with an attitude or, you know, we don't know the full story. The one thing I've learned as a marriage therapist for my 30 years (laughs) is that we have Tanya's side. And I'm not saying that Tanya's giving us um, inaccurate things. I have no doubt that Tanya has presented it to us very accurately from her perspective. Mm -hmm. But then there's also her partner's perspective. And then the truth is somewhere in the middle. So um, I, I please, Tanya, for li- you're listening. I'm not blaming this on you. I'm not at all saying, oh, well, your tone had to be bad or your attitude had to be bad. But I don't know how your partner's hearing it. And so there's more to this. Um, and, you know, we'd have to look at this. So all I'm doing is offering another possible way that you could approach it rather than, well, what if we tried this? Or what if we tried that? Because if there's something going on for your partner that she's having trouble expressing to you, all of those position suggestions are not really addressing what's going on for her. And she's not going to respond because there's something else that is really Uh, bothering her. And until that is dealt with, the other issue isn't going to go away. So try this one last approach Mm -hmm. uh, as far as trying to get at what it is that she might be feeling. And if you're still coming up against a stuck place, then it might be time to seek the help of a professional. And at that point, I would approach that concept with, you know, I love you. I care about you. I, you know, Clearly, you know, we have a bit of a problem here before it really gets out of hand. I don't, I'm sure that I'm doing something wrong. You know, I'd like to get some outside assistance. You know, would you mind if we sought the help of somebody who could be objective? Mm -hmm. So again, so there's no blame put on the other person. You're just, I mean, I think you're driving home a very important point, which I, it frustrates me when I see... Uh, advice from others on questions where they just jump to many assumptions and just close the book on a case Uh, because it's like oh you're having this problem just do this and it's like well context matters and I think Mm -hmm. that's what you were talking about is you know you don't know what the situation was did they come home from a stressful day of work Did, did has this other person actually you know, tried the position, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know the full picture. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's very good that you have given this nuanced um, response to the situation because you just never know. And so I hope um, people listening don't think that um, we aren't giving a full response. Part of it is that we don't have full context. Of, right. of what this couple is going through in past history and other things. And another thing I want to point out is this is only an issue because one person isn't satisfied uh, with their sex life and their intimacy. And so then they're now feeling resentful. So three or four months might be totally fine if that if you and your spouse are totally comfortable with that level of sexual interaction. It's only an issue if you're not feeling satisfied and you've expressed that to your spouse and they are not reciprocating and responding yes. to it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because I feel put like that, put that all very well, Steve. Okay, thank you. Cause the, I, I just wanna I, I just wanna continue to reiterate, um like pe- like and particularly in this like new 
era of we are able to uh, data monitor everything and we have all these fitness wearables and blah, blah, blah. And, and again, this might sound crass, but there so we know about Fitbits and we know about all these things. Well, they track all your movements and there are actually sex um, toys and things out there, quote unquote, fitness trackers that will track your sex life now. And I just fear that once this data starts getting collected and pushed out there, we're going to start getting these numbers of like, well, this is how much the average person has sex. And, uh, you know, and people are going to start thinking, well, if they're not doing this, then they must be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just want to reiterate, if you are happy with your sex life, you're happy with your sex life. Don't worry about it. Right. So, okay. Well, I hope, Tanya, thank you so much for writing in and listening and or reading uh, the website. Very much appreciated. Um, If you uh, listeners have questions for us, please feel free to write in. Um, We will help if we can. Uh, And, you know, another idea for you is there is a voice memos app on almost every new smartphone out there. Uh, If you want, you can also just record your question uh, because this is an audio podcast, record your question and email it to us. Uh, that might be kind of cool, and uh, we'll see if that works out. Uh, so if you want to do that, give that a crack. Um, but that will do it for us for this time. And Tanya, um, hopefully this helps. And thank you once again. And uh, Karen, for your 30 years of service, <laughs> uh, so appreciative of sharing that knowledge with us. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. I want to remind everyone you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. As I mentioned earlier, Karen also has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Empowered Relationships. No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's not. I didn't want to interrupt before. It's the new show, which we generally get right, is Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. Dirt. That's right. Take 5 to Empower Your Relationships. Uh, And in five minutes, you dissect an issue and give a give a solution yes yes okay so take five to empower your relationships i'm so sorry um and that's why you should go to her website because i will screw these things up (laughs) every once in a while again that website is drkarensherman.com uh we have links to her stuff on our website hitchedmag.com you can also follow us on all the social platforms um and thank you for anyone who has uh rated us or given us a comment that helps uh put us in front of the eyeballs of others who do searches for relationship information so when uh itunes or stitcher uh wants to recommend a podcast for somebody and they say i'm having this problem with my spouse uh the, the podcasts that have a lot of ratings are the ones that get pushed in front of people so Uh, That is just a very simple, easy way that you can help out. And I hate to pander, but honestly, I I don't know how else to get anybody to do it. So uh, thank you so much for those who have done it. And thank you in advance if you plan on doing it. We really appreciate it. And that is going to do it. So until next time, thank you one last time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. And take care, everybody. The world is ours tonight. 
tonight. We're 